So Ben's, Ben's made a problem for himself because he was so good in the first meeting that he's going to have to try and do it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Um, you may know Ben. He's slightly related to Gareth and Nicola. Mm. <laughs> and Jaya. Uh, <laughs> and Dash. No, not Dash. And Dash. No. no. <laughs> um, it's been fascinating and brilliant to watch Ben grow in his stature as a man mm. and a man in God and uh, all that God has been doing in him, what he's doing in Rev and in youth work and all the stuff that God's building in him and preparing him for for the future. So I'm able to, and I'm sure you're able to, receive him as one who can teach, as one who can speak the word of God with authority and grace. Mm. And so we're going to sit with that teaching this morning and we're going to be strengthened, we're going to be provoked and encouraged. Let's mm. just pray as we go into it. Mm. Father God, thank you so much for the gift of Ben and the gifts that he carries. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to ignite these right now in his preparation and his presentation, that our hearts will be forever changed. Amen. Amen. Whew. Well, good morning. Good morning. Man, I'm just so blown away right now. Oh. So, <laughs> this morning... Um, it's just what an honour it is just to be here this morning, to be able to speak with you um, and teach around family. Um, it's just amazing, and it's such an honour for me, for me to be here. Um, I wanted to speak to you today about meditating on Scripture. Um, and uh, if, if you've got your Bibles, can we flip open to Psalms chapter 1? If you've got it on your phones as well, um, I want to I look at what it looks like to meditate, what it means and what happens when we meditate on the word. Um, when you look at Psalm chapter one, this is like God's ideal reader. This is someone who um, is, is, is in God and God has, has invited them on this journey. Um, so let's read, let's read. <clears throat> they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Who wants to prosper in all they do? Show of hands. I want a bit of that, please. Um, everyone say, delight in the law of the Lord. You see, God's nature is a nature of delight. He is a good father. He wants nothing but good to you. That is his main goal is he wants to bless you and he wants to have this intimate relationship with you and he calls us to position ourselves to delight in him he calls us to position ourselves it's not just an emotional feeling it's it is that there is this emotional um feeling there thank you i i, I was so scared that i didn't bring this up here <laughs> um yeah so to delight in the Father is actually to position ourselves to receive. It's this place of intimacy that we're face to face with the Father. He has our full attention. How do we get to that place? How is it that we delight in the Lord? And in my life, I've found it's through just turning to him. Because often when we are desperate for a fix, when we're desperate for uh, something to sort this out, 
we, we turn to other things. And I've and I, I found it in my, in my life, the easiest way to do it is we turn to the Lord and we let him recalibrate everything in us. This isn't us trying to work on ourselves. This is us receiving a gift. Can you imagine trying to give yourself heart surgery? It's impossible. You can't, you can't work on yourself. This is something where we come into his presence and he just, he just like melts away all the hardness. Because what it is, is it's coming from a hard heart, a hardened heart to a softened heart where we can receive what he has in store for us. And um, you can imagine that in this place of delighting in, in, in God, delighting in the Lord, it's quite a lot easier to hear from him. When you're in this place of being able to just, you're so close to him, face to face, breath to breath, he has your full attention. Um, hearing from him is quite a lot easier. Um, if you could imagine you've uh, come home from work and it's been a long day, you know, 10, 12 hours, um, you know, some people work longer and you've just had an earful from your manager, um, you know, you get home and you can finally relax, Right. No, because some of us have got family, some of us have got kids, some of us have got husbands and wives, and they need all of our attention, and it all just gets up to the brim, and you're just like getting to your breaking point. Can you imagine trying to pick up the Bible in that place? I would define this place as kind of a strong word, but it's true. Misery, right? It's this place of just like you're confused, you're frustrated, you're angry. The littlest things are just enough to tip you over. And um, my question for you is, how do we get from this place of misery to delight? And um, I believe it's through prayer, infused with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I think that what, what happens, what I've noticed in my journey is that when I, when I turn towards him and I'm in that place and I'm just like, I just want to break, you know, and, and God, I'm like, here, God meets me right where I need to be met. And he softens my heart. He turns my, my whole, he transforms my inner being, my inner world. And I'm suddenly wanting to delight in him. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is um, by Abraham Lincoln. And he, and he talks about prayer, funnily enough. And he was, um, he was saying that if he had five hours to cut down a tree, he would spend four of them sharpening his axe. And it's this picture of us in prayer, being with God. See, misery is a blunt axe and delight is a sharpened axe. It's this place of being able to cut down what God's put in front of us because we're in a position where we can receive well, be equipped and, 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 and delight in him. It's this place where God sharpens it. You know, he, he sharpens it. He does all the work. All we do is receive. We turn to him. That's like our 1%, if you like. That's all we do. We receive this gift that he has given us. Um, I find that when we're in that place of delighting in the Lord and, and we're in that place of just complete awe of who he is, his nature towards us, who's a good father, he wants nothing but good for us. I find that I just, want, I just want as much as I can get. And I'm just like, I just want to read more scripture. I just want to spend more time with him. And you see in Psalm chapter, uh, chapter one, verse two, that he says, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating 
on it day and night. There's this invitation to go further, this journey that we can go on. So not only would we want more, you know, like when you go around to your friend's house and they, um, and you kind of just want to stay there for a sleepover, right? But your friend, your, fr- your friend has to then invite you to go. And it's like this whole thing of like, I want to, I want to go, but I feel a bit awkward. God actually invites us to go further as well. Um, he's invited us to go further. And I believe meditation um, in, in the Bible, meditation in his word, is the key to the abundant life. That Jesus promised us in, in uh, John 10.10, 10, I've come to give life to, in all its fullness. Um, and he invites us into this process um, where we meditate on the, on the Lord and on the word and we cut down that tree. Is that everyone kind of making sense? <clears throat> so when we, when we meditate on the, on, the, uh, on the word of the Lord, there's these two parts. We have the, the milk of the word and we have the meat of the word. Now, the milk is what gives us comfort. It's stuff that we need in hard times where God helps us through certain things. Um, whereas the meat of the word provokes change. There's this, there's this cutting, if you will. It's like the Bible is very clear on this. And it's this, we want comfort, but we need to be changed. There's this, there's this extra step that a lot of Christians forget to take of coming out of their comfort zone with the comforter with Holy Spirit. In, um, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of the Lord is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. What I love about how specific God is in this, um, in this verse is that he knows exactly what we need. He is so specific. The word is not this general thing of God just going, oh, I love you. It's like this general kind of like, yeah, but God, I'm like stuck in this situation. He actually can meet you right where you need to be met. When you're having that misery and you're in that place of, I'm just angry about the situation. I'm just confused. I'm just upset. I don't understand what's happening. God goes, I know exactly what you need. Every time, every time. And it's in that place of delighting in him. So he knows exactly what you need. It's like It's like he's picked up a sword and he's gone out like this and he says, come in. And and we take, and it's like that invitation to, to, for God to change us. It provokes change. And it's, it is painful. There's no sugarcoating this. I wish I could. (laughs) It is painful. There's this thing of how when the God, when the, when the word of the Lord starts to cut deep, it is this, this like, oh my goodness, this is just. The best way I can describe the pain, who goes to the gym? Hands. Here we go, right? So, that's a lot of hands. So, all the gym goers, you understand that to build, a, build muscle, there's, there's this element of needing to kind of put yourself in, a, in this stress more. Your muscles need to tear in order for them to grow. There's this, there's this pain that is helping us grow to become stronger, right? And that's the, honestly the best way I can think of describing the pain. The Bible, it's probably got a better description than mine, um, talks about pruning. It talks about this, this correction. 
Um, we can see here that in, in verse 3, it talks about how we are like trees. There is this pruning. And the pruning, what I love about that definition, is it cuts away what's damaging and leaves what God loves. I just spilt water everywhere. <laughs> that was close. Nearly went on the iPad. Um, it, <laughs> it cuts away at the damaged, the damaged things that are damaging us, that aren't good for us in the long run or in the short run, and it keeps what God has put there in the first place. So the pruning only proves your innocence. It only proves your sonship. In um, Hebrews 12, verses um, 7 to 8, it says, Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as validation of authentic sonship. For if, we, sorry, for if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. It only proves we have a hardened heart, not a softened one. And I believe today that God, God wants to change your heart this morning. Um, I've, I think like an example for, for you is like, I remember one time a couple of years ago, I read... Um, I can never remember where. Um, in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's this, there's this verse where Paul talks about how let every word that comes out of your mouth be drenched in, in the beauty of Jesus. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I got angry with people today. I got frustrated. And like, I was like, I might have even sworn a couple of times, you know, and I was just like, and, and it was, <laughs> and um and it was, this, it was this thing of like, I immediately started to feel like this pain. And like, so I just read, right, God's standard and here was mine. And this was painful because I did not add up. I did not have this. And you see, what God does is he only encourages you. He does not condemn you. He does not condemn you because condemning people looks like stripping you of all of the things you have and casting you aside. That is not what a father does. He equips you. He empowers you and he gives you a purpose. <sighs> Having a soft heart makes this process so much easier. Um, the delight in God is a position. It does give us the emotional benefits, of course. But there is this, this position of having a soft and tender heart. I actually forgot to say, biblically, the word delight nearly translates directly to soft and tender, tenderness. There is this, this way of us being so up close with God, so personal with God, that everything just comes in so well. Um, it keeps us delighting in the Father. And um, that was a good, that was like a definition of the meat of the word. The milk, however, is what brings us comfort. And I believe that in this process of meditation, in this process of pruning, not only does God you know, give us the meat that provokes change, but within that, he kind of gives us the milk that gives us comfort to help wash it down, so to speak. There's this, there's this way that God kind of, the way, I, the way I see it is like this upward spiral of 
oh, Jesus is just so good to me. He is so kind. He is so cl- we're so close. I am so one with God. But also, we still equally keep going up in a spiral of when we're meditating on the word that seems difficult to us in that situation. Um. I believe that Holy Spirit is one of the main keys of this whole operation of when we, when we are delighting in the Lord, then meditating, then we delight in the Lord and then we meditate, that there, is, that there is this comfort that Holy Spirit brings us to help us keep spiraling upwards, to make us more and more and more and more like God. Um, I really believe God wants to change your heart this morning because um, he's changed mine. And he still is changing mine. I'm still on this journey, just like you. And um, this recently, I've been in this uh, kind of pruning uh, journey. I read um, a few months ago in Colossians 3, um, 3.23. Um, I'll just read it to you. It says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for, o- merely for others. And that just hit me so hard because for those of you who don't know, I'm a, I'm a water softener engineer. So I, I drive around, I service, repair people's softeners. I do a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of driving and it's my, it's my full-time job at the moment. And I was in this place where I started to, uh, I started off really well with this company, but I sort of started to slack off and I, and I, and I started to not put a hundred percent in. I tried my best to try and get out of certain things and I was just trying to weave in and out of, of work and it was just, it was just not a healthy place. And I, and the Lord said to me, Ben, you're not honoring your, your work. You're not honoring the people you work with as if you would do it for me. And it just hit me so hard. But you see, that was only the tip of the sword. That was only the beginning of God going, come here, Right? <laughs> right? That was only the beginning. And what I then realized in that season was actually, it was my attitude to my season. Because you see here, it says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their, their leaves are never wither and they prosper and all you do. And I was not in that place because my attitude towards the season was, God's not working in me right now. You see, I was down here doing water softeners when I wanted to be over here because later on this year I want to be over in um, California doing uh, a ministry school and that has been my that's been my dream for a few years and it's finally becoming real to me but God's got me here doing water softeners (laughs) and and I'm in this place of like how do I get from here to here and I was like in this place of God just giving me this meat that was like it was good it gave me this this realization of this gap that I was living in um and, um, and then God met me with the, the milk of his word. Um, and it was in Nehemiah 8. <clears throat> it was in Nehemiah 8 where Nehemiah talks about the joy of the Lord is your strength. And um, just to give you context, the people of Nehemiah in that time had only just realized the standard of God. They have just recovered the scriptures. So they were in the exact same position that I was in. I was here and God was here. And God has said, I've called you to this standard. And they all began to mourn and they all began to cry as a crowd in this, in this story. And, um, and it was as if God said to me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So ben, he, was like, he was like this. He said, 
Ben, you're in a season where you need incredible strength and you will not find it in mourning. You will have to experience undeserved joy to realize the grace I have for you to transform you and empower you from this day on. And I find myself down here doing water softness with a smile on my face. I kid you not, I've caught myself smiling. It is incredible. It has changed my life. I'm, I'm in this place where I no longer have a Monday morning. You know, it's like I'm in this place of just, of just being so overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord because God knew exactly what I needed. It doesn't mean that everyone in this room needs joy. Of course we do, but it's that God wants to be specific to your needs. He doesn't just glaze over you. He doesn't give you a rough overview of what you need. He goes, I know exactly what you need. And for me, it was joy. And it was this joy that was just so, it wasn't subject to circumstance. It's this joy I can just tap into. And it just brings me right up there with my father. Um, and I believe that God wants to reveal what you need today. Um, in Hebrews, it says that he knows the thoughts and motives of your heart. And that can seem really scary. because <laughs> It's like God knows it's exactly those little details that you probably haven't told a single soul. And he knows exactly what they are. And he can meet you right where you need to be met. He wants to take you on this journey. Um, 